We're going to talk about receiving the Holy Spirit because that's what's happening in the story. Last week, we were with Philip. Philip is the new messenger that is highlighted in the story of the messengers. And if you remember, Philip was one of the deacons caring for the widows in Jerusalem. And he, like the rest of the thousands of people in Jerusalem after the stoning of Stephen, he was forced to leave Jerusalem. But he didn't seem to leave with a chip on his shoulder. It didn't, didn't seem like they went out complaining, oh, wow, man, we, we were persecuted and they don't like us in Jerusalem. They didn't, they didn't seem that they just kind of like took it in stride. And they just kept going out with this message that Messiah has come. And their message is really Jesus is alive, resurrection has happened, and the kingdom of God is near. That's the message that they're going out with. And then as they go out with that message, that that message is demonstrated. Really, the kingdom of God is, is demonstrated. There is a God that's setting things right in human history. And so the lame walk or... People that are in bondage to the kingdom of darkness, that kingdom of darkness is dispelled, and now the kingdom of light comes, and people are set free. That's God setting people free, the kingdom being demonstrated. And there's this, this compelling invitation that, that when people are invited to believe, believe, change your mind about Jesus. Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is the, the promised one the Christ, the anointed one, the king. Change your mind about him. Believe. Believe that resurrection has happened. It's not going to happen later. It happened now. He's, He's alive. Believe. And believe that the kingdom of God has come. Believe. Believe. Be baptized. Identify with Jesus. And, uh, that, that's what's happening. And, um, people are responding to that invitation by the thousands. And then I love that description that as that's happening, joy comes to the city, whatever city in Samaria it was. And then remember there's a guy that uh, Philip ran into, a wizard, uh, a magician, a sorcerer, and he was called the great power of God. And so the, this great power of God, Simon, encounters the true God of power, Jesus, and his kind of his bewitching ministry where he is messing with the spiritual, emotional, and mental balance of people. I mean, that's displaced. I mean, all of a sudden, Simon doesn't get any attention. The attention is now going to Jesus and the power of the kingdom. So much so that even Simon himself believes and he's baptized. So that's kind of where we are in the story. So Acts 8 Verse 14 to 25 is where we, want to, where we want to go today. When the apostles in Jerusalem received the report that Samaria had accepted God's message, they sent Peter and John down to pray for them to receive the Holy Spirit. Up to this point, they'd only been baptized in the name of the Master Jesus. The Holy Spirit hadn't yet fallen on them. Then the apostles laid their hands on them, and they did receive the Holy Spirit. When Simon saw that the apostles, by merely laying on hands, conferred the Spirit, he pulled out his money, excited, and said, Sell me your secret. Show me how you did that. How much do you want? Name your price. And Peter said, To hell with your money. 
and you along with it. Why, that's unthinkable, trying to buy God's gift. You'll never be part of what God is doing by striking bargains and offering bribes. Change your ways. And now, ask the master to forgive you for trying to use God to make money. I can see this is an old habit with you. You reek with money lust. Oh, said Simon. Pray for me. Pray to the master that nothing like that will ever happen to me. And with that, the apostles were on their way, continuing to witness and spread the message of God's salvation, preaching in every Samaritan town they passed through on their return to Jerusalem. Three things are happening in Samaria. Samaria accepted the word of God. And I want to remind us the word of God is the word of Jesus. So what has happened because Jesus came? Because Jesus ministered, Jesus taught, Jesus demonstrated. Jesus was resurrected. It's the story of Jesus. That's what the Samaritans are accepting. They're accepting that the resurrection has happened prematurely and Jesus is alive. They, they're, they're accepting that Jesus is the anointed king. Jesus is the Messiah. Remember the conversation that Jesus had with the woman at the well? Oh, when Messiah comes, she says, and Jesus says, well, guess what? <laughs> I am Messiah. So they're, they're believing, oh, you are the one. And that with the king comes his kingdom. So the rule of Jesus has come. It's near. It's, it's, it's already, it's impacting human history. So what, what, the, the, what, what Philip and others that are messengers, they're just saying, we, we want you to change your mind. Change your mind about Jesus. Change your mind about messianic expectation. Change your mind about the kingdom of God. Those, those were all things that were there in people's thoughts, but we want you to now change them and focus on Jesus. That happened. Samaria accepted the word of God. And then Samaritans who believed were baptized. And they're baptized in the name of Jesus. So what they're doing is they're identifying with Jesus and his resurrection. So the idea of being buried with Jesus and raised to him through baptism, that's happening. And so these people are identifying with the resurrection of Jesus. They're also identifying with the forgiveness of sins. So baptism is a cleansing, a washing, a washing away, being raised to new life. And so they're, at, they're being at, we want you to change your mind. We want you to change your mind about resurrection. It's not just resurrection in the future, it's resurrection now. And you begin to experience a resurrection now. And you get to experience forgiveness of sins. You don't have to go to the temple anymore or in Samaria to the alternate temple because they couldn't go to Jerusalem. You don't, you, don't prov- you don't bring animals anymore to be sacrificed. There's been, a, there's been this sacrifice that now covers all the forgiveness of sin from the inside out. And so people are believing that. They're being baptized. And the only thing that hasn't yet happened in Samaria is the Holy Spirit had not yet come upon them. <clears throat> The Holy Spirit had not yet come upon them. They accepted the message. They were baptized in the name of Jesus. And yet the Holy Spirit had not yet come upon them. So the apostles 
sent Peter and John to lay their hands on the Samaritans to pray for them to receive the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the indwelling gift of the believer that God imparts from one to the other. That's what's happening in this story. So in real simple terms, I mean, if you want to just kind of stop for a moment and think about the best practices of our faith, one, as a community of people, we want to accept the word about Jesus. We want to accept the word about Jesus. We, we want to accept that Jesus is alive. We want to accept that Jesus is the king, the promised king, that he has come, and that with him the kingdom is here. It's not here in its fullness, but it's begun. And it's going to come. And we, that's, we accept that message. We want to be a community that accepts that message. And we want to be a community that's baptized in the name of Jesus. We want to be people that identify with the death and the resurrection of Jesus. We, we want to experience the cleansing of our sins in the name of Jesus. And then we want to be a community who receives the Holy Spirit. We want to be people that are empowered by the Holy Spirit. And the reason for that is we can't live out our faith without the Holy Spirit. We sure can't testify, we can't tell anybody else about the story we believe without the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. So we want to accept the Word, we want to be baptized, we want to receive the Holy Spirit, and we want our generation. I mean, we want the people around us in our, in our neighborhoods, in our schools, the places we... We want them to accept the Word of God, the Word about Jesus. We want them to be baptized. We want them to receive the Holy Spirit. I mean, that, that to me, just, just really kind of bottom line, that's what we are. That's who we are. That's what our faith is all about. To receive the Holy Spirit... The reception of the pneuma, the reception of the Spirit, is what distinguishes Christians, those that belong to Jesus, from those that are just on the planet. John 14, 17. Unequivocally constitutes them Christians. So that in Acts, the answer to the question whether there's been a reception of the Spirit determines absolutely whether a man is a Christian or not. See, we, we, if, if we're going to be people that belong to Jesus, we want the whole deal. And the whole deal is acceptance of the message, baptism in the name of Jesus, receiving the Holy Spirit. Now, as I look back on my own life, I mean, I, again, thanks to Young Life, I heard the message of Jesus. So when I was 17, I said, yes, I believe Jesus is alive. I believe Jesus is the king. At that time, nobody was talking about the kingdom, but I still believed. So I believed the message. And then a few years later, I was baptized in the name of Jesus. And then a few years later, somebody prayed for me to receive the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't think that's kind of the best practice. <laughs> but bottom line is it all, it all happened. It happened over the course of time. But I know for every one of us, 
Each and every one of us need the experience of accepting the message, accepting Jesus for who Jesus reveals himself to be. We all need the experience of baptism in the name of Jesus, and we all need to receive the Holy Spirit. And it does help when somebody who has the Holy Spirit lays their hands on us and we receive the Holy Spirit. That's, that's a helpful practice. That's a best practice, I think. Now, when, when, you, when you go on with the story of Simon, there's just a, a, kind of this added layer that I think is remarkable. I want to be gracious towards Simon because, one, he's a, new, I mean, he's a brand new believer. I mean, he's, just, he's just accepted the message. He's not yet filled with the Holy Spirit. So when, when he's watching Peter and John lay their hands on people, and those people are filled with the Holy Spirit. Luke doesn't give us the details of what's happening there. But, but my suspicion is there was something so tangible that Simon said, you know, whatever that is, I want to buy that. Kind of, I want to I kind of wholesale that. And he, remember, he's a wizard. That's his background. He, he's a magician. He, he likes to see people connected with power. And so he's watching that. He wants to buy that. It's not the right thing to do, obviously. But still, there's something very, very tangible about what's happening between the laying on of the apostles' hands and people. Now, there's a second lesson in Acts about money that I think is like, again, staggering. When Simon asked Peter, how much? How much do you want? I want want to do what you're doing. Sell me the ability to lay my hands on people and they receive the Holy Spirit. Now, Peter had a choice there, didn't he? He could have said, well, how much you got? How big a check you want to write? But see, it's the second time, Peter. Yet money is not part of the equation with the apostles. Remember when the lame man at the gate beautiful said, hey, alms for the poor. And Peter's response is, I don't have, I don't have any money. Silver and gold, I don't have, but what I do have, I will give you in the name of Jesus' walk. And then we find out that as as the community that's following Jesus becomes generous towards one another and wants to commit themselves to the kingdom, they're selling their property, they're bringing the money and they're laying at the apostles' feet. But the apostles, the apostles aren't profiting from that. They take all the proceeds that are given and they distribute it among everybody. I mean, every, everybody's need is being met. And here you have it again. Hey, I see that you have this spiritual power and I wonder if it's for sale. And I tell you what, Peter makes it absolutely clear you, you know, we don't use God to make money. 
do I need to like kind of bring up yet to date with what's happened <laughs> with our faith? <laughs> so you see the contrast? Who we are and what we do is not about making money. And what God gives to us, the gifts that God gives are not for sale. It's unthinkable. And the good news for Simon, I mean, I don't think, I th- I, he didn't know. He didn't, have, I mean, he's just speaking out of what he knew. You know, once you receive the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is what empowers our repentance. So when, when Peter's saying, you know, Simon, you've got to change your ways. Well, first of all, you need to receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will then empower you from the inside out to make a, a radical change in the way you're living your life. And then the Holy Holy Spirit also allows Simon to appropriate forgiveness. Oh, I am forgiven. (laughs) That was really stupid of me. That was so foolish of me. But But now I'm a new person, and I'm forgiven. So when it comes down to all that story mixing up and this and that, there's just some things I've got to ask us. I wish we were all just one-on-one sitting down with a cup of coffee and we're just having this conversation, just the two of us. But I have a group of us, so I have to do it in a group. Each one of us, in our memory, in in our recollection, do, do we remember a point in time when we accepted the message? Do we remember a point in time when we just knew that we knew that we knew Jesus is alive? Jesus is Messiah, King, Christ. Jesus did inaugurate a kingdom. Don't understand it much, but something started on the planet It's very important for every one of us to have some sort of recognition of that that experience. Now, for me, it was radical because I came out of a family that was unchurched. And so when somebody finally told me the story, it was like night and day. I know Megan, happy birthday, by the way, uh, raised in a household of people following Jesus. It was a little bit of a, a... a dawning, uh, something that was not quite as radical. But there's a recollection, right? You have something there. So some of it's a little slower, others it's radical, but every one of us, do you believe? That's the question. Do you believe? Do you believe that Jesus is alive? Do you believe that he's the king of all kings, the Lord of all lords? That he's the Christ, the promised one. And do you believe his kingdom has come? Do you believe? Then the second question is, have you identified with Jesus through baptism? This is a package. This is a package. This is not just pick and choose. I did that. I don't want to do that. This is, this is, this is the best practice of our faith. We believe and then we're baptized. 
Have you been baptized in the name of Jesus? Again, that's a yes or no. On this day, I remember this. It's an experience. Guess what? We can do it. If you want, we can have a baptism party. If you have never been baptized, you've believed, and yet you've not been baptized, we can do that. This is an invitation. And you don't have to be embarrassed about it. I mean, I don't, I mean, look at my story. 17, believe, I don't even remember how old I was when I was baptized. And somebody just kind of like spread out the calendar for me. Doesn't have to be that way. So if you want to be baptized, haven't been, here you go, sign up. We'll plan a party and we'll do it. Now the last one is have you received the Holy Spirit? I mean, is there a time in your life that you remember, hello, there, hello, Holy Spirit, you're a person. And Holy Spirit, you're like, you're like a really important person. Like Jesus said, you would be the helper that would come after Jesus left. And that as the helper, the one that comes alongside of us, like you would be my counselor, you'd be my comforter, you'd be my teacher, You'd be the one that empowers me to live this out. You'd be the, the one that would empower me to, to tell others about Jesus. Do we have a recollection of, I received the Holy Spirit. The Holy, I, I, yeah, I, I know him. And I have relationship with him, as I do with the Father and the Son. Belief baptism and the reception of the Holy Spirit that's normative faith that's normative following of Jesus so this morning I just want to give you opportunity if you have never ever told another person I believe I believe Jesus is alive I believe Jesus is the king I believe Jesus has inaugurated a kingdom. If you've never been, if you've never said that to another person, I'm going to give you the opportunity to do that today. The sign-up sheet is baptism. We're not going to do baptisms now, but we can do baptisms later. So if you've never been baptized in the name of Jesus, but you believe, then let's do it. Then the last thing is if you don't have a recollection of somebody praying for you to receive the Holy Spirit, let's do that today. We can do that today. Now I'm going to need some help to do that. So I'm going to, kind of inv- I'm going to invite some people that I know that, have, that believe they've been baptized and they've received the Holy Spirit. All of our leaders have done that, but they all came early and now they've left and I'm left alone by myself, and I don't want to be the only person that has fun. So, Nathaniel, I know that you've had all three of these experiences, yes? Would you please kind of go stand over there? If you haven't met Nathaniel, he's, he's a fine, fine guy. Uh, Mike and Dorothy, I know that you have had those experiences, so if you'd kind of go position yourself over there. And Megan, since I used you as an example and it's your birthday, I'm going to invite you to as well. So if you'll just kind of come up here. So here are three 
places you can go. I want to get, I just, again, I just want to give you the invitation. Because I think it's normal faith in Jesus. It's the best practices coming out of this history that we're reading. I want to give you the opportunity to go to any of these folks and say, yes, I believe. And just say what you believe about Jesus. You can go and say, you know, I want to be baptized. I haven't been baptized. Or I was baptized. This is what happened. You can go talk about that. Or you can go say, you know, no one has ever laid their hands on me and prayed that I receive the Holy Spirit. Would you do that for me? And we can do that. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm encouraging us to do that because that's what our heritage is. And we don't want to miss out on any of it. So if I could say a quick prayer, and if you want to take opportunity of the invitations, do that. And uh, I'll give some other instruction as we do that, okay? So Jesus, thank you. Thank you for your story. And thank you that you are giving us the opportunity to continue what the forefathers of our faith did from the very beginning. We want to be a community that accepts the message, your story, who you are, why you came, and what that means for our world. We want to be a community that identifies with your death and with your resurrection. We want to be a community that's forgiven of our sins. We want to, we want to be a community that, when we believe, we're baptized in the name of Jesus. And we want to be a community that is empowered by the Holy Spirit, empowered to follow you, empowered to live a life that's distinct, to, to empowered to, to compel others to come along with us to announce your kingdom. So we want to be a community that receives the Holy Spirit. So I ask, Lord, for, for any of us, for all of us, Lord, if, if we have not yet had these experiences to believe, to be baptized, to receive the Holy Spirit, would you please encourage us this morning to take opportunity and to take the next step in our life with you. We bless you and we thank you in your name.